what kind 30, of 30 25 years old now i'll do some of those songs again if they were to come yeah. back well, yeah. well, well no maybe not shine it, jesus uh, shine <laughs> so i mean i mean there, there was passion in there too so yeah so the pa- passion, passion is was, still around technically oh they are they are and then they, 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 they but we're too old to go to passion they, they, actually. They, they still have some hits here and there Wait, what do you mean that we're too old to go to passion? You're actually not supposed to go to passion um, unless you're like under 25. Really? Uh, you can go if you are like a that. if you're taking like a college group or something. But yeah, it's supposed as, to be for kind the, of as a leader. Okay, it's for the for the younger generation. Are they into like Gen Gen Z now? Oh, I'm at sure that, 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 that there's that, still they have all to just be. millennials. No, no, it has to be because I mean yeah. millennials pretty much ends at like 26 now. 20, really? 27. So yeah. millennials are like all like tax paying. Yeah. Like, graduates yeah yeah which which is which is why the memes are coming out it's like stop blaming all this crap on millennials it's not millennials aren't the ones eating tide pods that's we can just you know scapegoat another group of people for a while until their kids come up it is the responsibility of every generation (laughs) to blame the next one in line that's true well i yeah yeah Uh, to resent the one before (laughs) and to blame the next one in line You no, old no, no, people no. ruin the world no, no, for us. Yeah. And you new kids, you're idiots. You don't know what the heck you're doing. You're yeah, no, ruining yeah, everything. Yeah, so flip that around. So you blame the one before and then resent the next oh, one. Oh, well, yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. Well, you yeah. do yeah. both simultaneously. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> as long as it's not you getting the blame. <laughs> you ruined the world for us. Yeah. Well, you know, you know how people are. We leave things a little worse than we found them most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Bo- uh, Boy Scout motto or Boy Scout promise. Some One of them is... Yeah. Leave leave it better than you found it. Yep. Yeah. There's yep. like five different things that you could just call a motto. It's like be prepared is one of them. Yep. The other What's one a is, motto? I don't know. What's the, the motto, motto with, with you? you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gold mode. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, you guys ready to start? Let's do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus to the heavenly realms and mm-hmm, beyond. Mm-hmm. I, I would just, can I just go on a limb here? I, I just want to say some praise. I, I just want to praise right now. Is that okay? Let's do it. Okay. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Mm-hmm. So praise him up there. I follow Praise him, all creatures here below. So us and then animals, we should. Critters. Praise him above ye. So us, heavenly hosts or sons of God. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Good, the Ghost, the Trinity, or Holy Spirit. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that uh, a lot of that is going to be talked about today. And, and that may also <laughs> be a worship song. <laughs> that may also be a worship song. I'm not sure. Maybe. Very cool. Okay. So yeah, we are um, pretty much just in over our heads here, but we're going to trust <laughs> no, God. No, 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 no. Yeah, Dude. buddy. Well, I mean, we are. We should approach these things with humility, I think. What I meant was um, uh, we we would be over our head if we were being pretentious and trying to explain everything. Uh, what 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 I would hope we you guys yeah. understand from us is that we're always going to be conversation starters, never conversation enders. Yes. Yeah. And um, we're this always going to- some enders game. <laughs> What, what kind of game is that? Why would you play a game that immediately ends? Like, it's just over. <laughs> it's about the journey, guys. Uh, so the other thing is uh, that, you know, uh, it's a controversial topic. So just take take everything uh, with a, uh, a, a curious heart and, and don't assume yeah. we are just 
giving you the factoids or anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We can believe uh, we can fall on different sides of these kind of issues and uh, still be brothers and sisters in Christ. So there you go. It's good. Cool. Okay. So you ready to worship? Yeah. Let's start off with some worship. Do you know anything about this hymn? I have actually never heard of it before now. This is called How Firm a Foundation. And notice um, the lyrics are God talking to us. Ooh. Um, so it's one of those, like speaking with God's voice mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, hymns. Nice. And from Isaiah. Yeah, it's taken a lot from Isaiah. It's God's promises that uh, when you walk through deep waters, they will not overcome you. Um, I will strengthen you and help you by my righteous hand. Uh, these are the kinds of things that God is saying in Isaiah, like 41 and 43. Um, and so the person who wrote this hymn uh, just kind of based it on that. There you go. So hear this as being sung over you as we sing it. I like it. Saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said? To you who for refuge to Jesus have Sustain at the end? Yeah, um, Zach, if you don't care to keep playing, I'll, I'll pray for us. Um, God, thank you so much for uh, bringing us together again, uh, for a chance to study your word, to worship you, and to just appreciate the heck out of you. Um, in this time when things are so frustrating, there's depression, there is um, isolation and, and uh, feelings of anger and division. I just um, 
want to thank you so much for all the blessings that we forget about, all the things that are unseen you're doing, you're working in us, you're working in the world. Um, and as it says in your holy scriptures, uh, take heart, you have conquered the world. Um, and so we uh, believe in that. And we just uh, pray that we would have a good, successful podcast that is for you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Okay, guys. Um, All right, so fellas. let's just hop right into the meat of this thing. As, yeah, buddy. as uh, Zach uh, destroys his guitar, <laughs> um, he said, you know what? Punk. Man. Bam. <laughs> Uh, it's for the Lord. This is all the passion is for <laughs> yeah. the Lord. So yeah. Bob, um, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell everybody what's going on today? Sure. Yeah. So we are tackling a, uh, a rather unusual topic in a lot of ways. This is, um, let me go and preface by saying that everything you're gonna be hearing here is taken from the Bible. We're not expanding on any prophica uh, on a, a, a apocrypha. Is that the right word? Apoc- I like prophica, Apoc- actually. Prophica. Apoc- we will get into some prophica next time, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, but so, we are not basing like our view on it. Yes. And so, yeah. The point is, is everything we'll be talking here is scriptural in nature. Yeah. Yes. Um, but these are not topics you really hear about much in church. These these are not your normal sermon activities or Bible studies or Sunday school lessons. So this is dealing with uh, the topic. This particular one is the first in a series that we're doing. I and think we're going to do maybe a three or four parter. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll decide once we, we could get... add more later, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so this one's going to be about talking about sons of God, which is not, we're not going to be using this in the context that you normally hear of like, we are sons and daughters of God. No, no, no. This, this is slightly different in, 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 but it is once again, a hundred percent biblical in nature. You're probably never heard of this type of stuff before. Um, and, but once again, it is coming from the Bible. So I encourage you to hold off on any initial judgment to you hear and explore with us with the scriptures here. <laughs> so, um, one we're, of the, we're not here to be experts as we, as, as, yeah. as we stated earlier, but as, as conversational starters, as Colin loves to say, and he's absolutely right about that. It's we're like the candy conversation hearts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if uh, for Valentine's day, you got hearts, but on them said like, like vague questions about scripture. It's like, what about that? It says on the heart. What about that one scripture says where you should always kill witches. And then you're just like, Hmm. And then it says, <laughs> read your Bible in small print of the Bible. So um, one of the other things I'll just, to echo what Bob is saying, of course, yeah. but also I want to say that if by referring to sons of God, uh, you may have also heard words like hosts, like heavenly hosts, or yeah. the council, or uh, possibly a council of angels, or, you know, a certain level of angel, or something, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, but... Bob is right. We're going to be going through that. We're going to be talking about the Nephilim at one mm-hmm. point. We're going to be talking about demons, all of these spiritual beings. Don't spoil it, Colin. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just letting people know what they have to look forward to in the coming yeah, weeks. There you go. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we have a resident expert who knows absolutely everything. He has the last word on this. <laughs> Zach, take it away. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks. No, that's no pressure at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going to be starting here uh, with a kind of an odd verse here in Psalm 82. Uh, which says that God, sta- uh, verse one, which mentions that God stands in judgment of the gods. Um, and so most of us don't think that there are any other gods with the lowercase g here. Um, but ancient, the ancient Hebrews saw spiritual forces behind almost any everything. Yeah. So we'll be looking at some scriptures that challenge our rationalism and even see what the Bible has to say about these spiritual beings. Sure. 
So Colin, as we were um, looking at the different scriptures and kind kind of trying to research this topic, what were um, a few of the big questions that stuck out to you that we're going to be kind of talking about? So, okay. Yeah. So one of the things, <laughs> so I like to quantify things in like the, the, the most direct form first and then break them down. That's like how my brain works. So after I read all of Zach's notes and we kind of went back to the, to the heart of this thing, I said, Mm -hmm. what are the two questions we're really trying to ask the scripture, ask God about? And that is a, what is a son of God in the context of the scriptures? Because it is used like six different times and it's very specific and it's completely different than angel (sighs) or other types of spiritual beings of the scripture. So we want to find out what, what are they? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they angels? Are they gods of some sort? Like, uh, are they with a uh, lowercase g with a lowercase g? That's exactly right. Are they something completely different? Are they, you know, it's a demon of some kind or, and so, so we'll, we'll, we'll want to look into that and we're going to yeah. be discussing that a little bit. And then the second question we want to answer is what is their purpose or their function or how is God, why is, why has God created these beings? Mm-hmm. Um, and, we may not find the answer to either one of those. <laughs> the thing yeah. is just like, like Bob said, just because the scriptures have these things in them does not mean that they are clear. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. And, and that's okay. Like, Absolutely. You're, I think even the most weathered theologian will tell you that it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. Because I, if you, do I hope not, that it is because <laughs> there's so many things that we don't know. Please yeah, right. be okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and, yeah. and just as a quick preface as well, before we dig deeper into this, let's also be clear that this, none of this stuff that we're talking about changes the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord overall. Ooh, That's right. None of, yeah. none of that changes the Trinity. None of that changes, you know, the, yeah. the standard Christian doctrines right. of what it means to be a follower of God or anything of this nature. Right. These are the, the these are the edge fringes of yeah. scripture. Once again, that we don't really talk about much in the, in the church, well, yeah, but they are biblical nonetheless. Yeah. It's things that God is uh, not like revealed to us on a straightforward like here's the full answer sort of way. We'll know yeah, it one day. We'll know all about it. Yeah. Buddy. And so, and, and, and yeah. you know, our third one that we always say the mission of Jesus mm-hmm. yeah. that encapsulates quite a lot because yeah. Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations, yep. to be disciples, to, to read the scriptures, to study, uh, ha- to, and to have teach, an answer, you know, uh, put on the armor yeah. of God, uh, you know, all of these different things. So w- this is really going to be, both as a kind of a curiosity of academics, uh, but also just to uh, f- help us to uh, really f- further understand what God was saying with the scripture. That's Absolutely. Yeah. I think if anything, it will kind of underscore the importance of the mission of Jesus. There you go. Because we're going to kind of bring the whole cosmos into it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so love be interesting and fun. I love that. So yeah. uh, one thing I will say about like, you know, kind of where this sort of this like foundational, like, controversy comes in is in the scripture uh, from Genesis six, one through four as uh, Mm. whenever you ask, if you were to Google and say, Hey Google, what is a son of God? What is a Nephilim or whatever? Most of the time Genesis. uh, Oh, I said, Hey Google, my bad. Oh, your phone (laughs) picked it up. I was one. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. Wait, I wanted to hear. <laughs> is that copyright or is that bad to do that? No, no, no. no, it's, no it's just, it's spoiling things for us though. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, um, uh, my bad guys, our, our I Google's forgot. Tr- are triggering things off. My bad. Actually, I, we, I we, totally we should forgot. probably not use the G name. Yeah, no. Um, lowercase G. 
it is a lowercase g. So I'll, <laughs> yeah. so I'll say this. Um, uh, that scripture in Genesis 6 really does line things out in yeah. a way that yeah. creates a lot of questions. Yeah. Depending on both the version you yeah. read, the interpretation of how you read each sentence individually or as a whole. So that's kind of where I got to when you're, I'm answering your question. Like that's when I first went, huh, that's yeah. a curious thing. There's yeah. a lot of curious things about this. Um, so I kind of want to see what you guys think about this because I, and I think all of us might've been here at one point, mm-hmm. okay. but I think your average Christian is most likely to say like, okay, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. You yeah. know, I believe in the classical um, things that Christianity teaches, mm-hmm. but there's no other gods, Ooh. you know, there's like, um, I think that most Christians would say like, okay, the only actual like spiritual reality is just exactly like what, um, what traditionally we've considered to be, um, the core of the gospel mm-hmm. and all that other stuff is just either like figurative or, um, you know, s- maybe some kind of poetic language or something mm-hmm. like that, but definitely, yes going to shy away from uh, the supernatural. Remember when we did yes. that um, episode on the supernatural, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and therefore, what would you guys kind of say to that? Well, it, it, yeah. it, expound on that just slightly more is that they would often say as well that the, uh, when, when other gods are mentioned in the Bible, but all being one of the most famous yeah. uh, is, you know, well, that's, uh, it was shown that, uh, that those were just fake, you know, the people yeah. that weren't idols. really believing anything. Sure. Yeah. It was just yeah. idols that they were hoping yeah to be gods, but never actually per- oh, it manifested itself in anything. Well, and well, I the, think that I, I think I was at, at that point, mm-hmm. definitely well, early on in my Christian walk. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a few yeah. gods that I know were a big deal back in the day. And that is Newt. Newt. Hanut. Hanut. Zeftiz. Solvek. Soka. Yeah. Do you guys know Prince right. of Egypt? You're playing with the big boys now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they, I mean, in, in, in the, in a lot of the yeah. e- Egyptian, um, uh, 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 kingdoms, I guess you could say, um, especially in the time of Moses, uh, they had many, many gods. And so the question yeah. Yeah. then yeah. is, you know, where did that come from? Now I immediately, I'm saying that like, I, w- I would not think that those are actually real. I think that there's, you know, just the one God. Right. But like. There's two big like branches that come up, come out like this, and they are that it's easy to make up gods. Yeah, yeah. when you're a primitive civilization, right? Sure. Um, it's um, yeah. It's also a thing that I believe, which is that the human race is very easy to influence. Yeah. So if we are discussing sons of God as being fallen some things that influence like a great amount of mm-hmm. the community, then it's only a few steps away of saying that that could yeah. be uh, Anubis or something. Yeah. My, my response now would be something like, okay, you've clearly like you, you believe that uh, a person was raised from the dead, that a person was fully yeah. God and he, fully human. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. why is, sure. why is some of this other stuff a stretch? And so I think part of the reason why might have to do with just kind of where we are in history right now. Hmm. So we actually live in a post enlightenment age. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of what we think is influenced by like, um, the Renaissance really. I mean like the, the enlightenment age and rationalism 
you know, we um, really want to see um, proof for things that we yeah. want to believe exist. Um, I mean, the definition of rationalism is a reliance on reason as the basis for establishment of religious truth, a theory that reason is in itself a source of knowledge superior to and independent of sense perceptions and a view that reason and experience rather than non-rational are fundamental criteria in the solution of problems. So in this day and age where like, we really want things to be logical. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Show and, me the and, proof. Like, yes. let me, let me think this out. Yeah. And, yes. And so the Christian would say, if we live in a, if we serve a God and yeah. this in this universe, and there is reasons for why things happen. Yeah, we may not always understand those reasons. Those reasons yeah. might be beyond us. Yeah, but we recognize that there that we that if we add it, we we have a God who give has given us physics, who has given us thermodynamics, who has given us you know biology and oh, the ways that's that the, the bigger working. can of worms. Or that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, right. but but he set so much order in place, yeah. and there is and thus reason. For us to use, he's given us the the rationality, the ability to think rationally. Then yeah. surely there is a rational reason yeah. for this stuff, right? Well, well there's I think the problem comes when we um, rely too heavily on that rationalism. You know, like oh well, everything has to be um, thought out, and I have to um, I have to have like this experiment that makes sense. Yeah, I have to have um, observable things that I can like test and kind of logic out. Mm -hmm. I think the ancient worldview was much different. I think that they mm. were able to um, they were able to use their intuition a lot more than than we would. You know, so you take like you take like Genesis one for example. Okay, and it's in the ancient view. You're reading Genesis one that talks about the creation of the heavens and the earth. It's a narrative, you know, it's about God and how he sets up the hierarchy of creation. But the rationalist view would um, be like, okay, what logic lesson can I get out of this? And they tend to interpret it as like a scientific text. Mm. And so that's where you get the creationism versus uh, like evolution debate. Mm. Well, both of those sides are looking at Genesis one as a science book and it's not really meant to be that. Right. Sure. So it's not really saying like a, a definitive thing about the science of how things put together. Like we believe God uses and employs science. Absolutely. It's a good thing to, um, to investigate. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that when we read scripture, it's useful to put on the eyes of an ancient person sure. and to think like, how would they view this? And it is a very different cultural context. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind. Okay. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is um, Christians just need to like ignore anything that's factual or truthful and just <laughs> believe anything that they read randomly. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I agree. That's faith, right? Oh my goodness. Oh man. I'm being blasphemous now. Okay. No, what no, you're, what you're basically what saying, saying is that is there are things in this world that are, that are very, very difficult to explain rationally. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they don't exist. And it doesn't sure. mean that they have, they don't have validity mm -hmm. in the scripture. Yeah. Once again, the rationale behind it might be beyond our human perception. Thing. Yeah, there is a, we believe that God is a rational God, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so he would have a reason for all this stuff to exist. Sure. Right. Um, but just because like empirically we can't like test it with data doesn't mean it's not a reality. Like, Absolutely. Right. You know, I mean, so if we can have faith in um, 
in the resurrection and stuff. I think right. that it's not really stretched yeah. that God can also create like other beings. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess, yeah. I guess the classic example is, is, is scientifically prove love. You right. Know, you know, right. it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not something that's quantifiable. So Meg Ryan tries to do that in city of angels. Let me just, you know, spoil, <laughs> spoil it for you. It does not go well for her. <laughs> All right. So, so Zach, um, kind of, Going back to what I was uh, kind of bringing up, because I looked through here, you mentioned it, but I just want to, I want to talk about like kind of the Genesis six scripture, just okay. the first few lines. We don't have to talk about the Nephilim, but, um, this, you, want, you, you want me to read those? Just, just read me, uh, Genesis six, mm-hmm. one and two, I suppose. Just verses one and two. Yeah. If you don't okay. mind. And for this one, we're going to be using the ESV. So. Okay. So when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive and they took them as wives as they chose. Okay. So if we stop there, there's already a million questions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So first of all, sons of God, what, it, what is that? Yeah. Second thing, how did they impregnate women? Third thing, are they even physical? Fourth thing, uh, what happens when you do that? <laughs> Fifth thing is God mad about it. And so that's even before getting to the whole Nephilim part, I was like, wait a minute, that's like an atrocity, isn't it? Like, isn't that a bad thing? And that's what kind of got me when you first yeah, started yeah. mentioning sons of God. And you talked about that Michael Heiser guy, which I yes. assume you're going to yeah. talk about him, but um, that was kind of like my first scripture that kind of mm-hmm. yeah got my yeah. interest up. Yeah, for me, it was um, when I heard Michael Heiser first talk on his podcast, which you guys should check it out. It's called um, the Naked Bible Podcast. Oh, yeah, I've I've actually I I, I didn't recognize the name at first, but the Naked Bible, I've actually yeah, I've listened to one of his on the Anabaptists. Right. It was his are much more long form than ours. Yeah, they're long, but (laughs) they they are they're really interesting. He goes really deep. Um, But yeah, he doesn't always talk about uh, spiritual beings. He talks about. A lot of different issues, yes, but and, and church um, history as well, right? But he talked um, about the divine council, which um, that's a that's a term. Yeah. So he makes the case that the divine council and the sons of God, like sons of God, are what make up the divine council. Right. Sons of God are the name for the beings. The divine council is the name of the group. Okay. The so divine council is mentioned in Psalm eighty-two. Yep. So in Psalm eighty-two, Psalm eighty-two, verse one, it says, "God has taken his place in the divine council." In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. And what's interesting about that is um, it uses the word Elohim. Now, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people know the word Elohim and they think that it is a name for God, like as in Yahweh, the God of Israel. Um, but actually, Elohim is kind of just like the word God. So it could be used in a uh, small God could be used as a plural. Actually, like I am is yeah is a plural marker in hebrew yeah so it actually but it could mean plural or singular so it says elohim judges the elohim is, is how that reads so, so El- elohim sits on the council of, of, and stands yeah. in judgment 
to the Elohim. Yeah. So right. they could mean big God and little God with the same word. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Same so word. so so yeah. he, Hebrew. What you're saying is is that Hebrew uses the same word there. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, if which, we said which it in makes English, things very confusing for us English speakers. If we if we yeah. said it in English, I I think you could almost make it make the same amount of sense. You could you say, say God, God judged the God the gods. Yeah, or the gods, right? Yep. Like ju- God, the God judged a God. Our God, like big God, judged a God. judges yeah. all those little gods. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So which which brings rise to the idea that those little gods likely could exist. I mean, does it make sense for God to um, stand and judge a bunch of made up conceptions? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't say <laughs> that's like, a good point. I think, you know, it could have said like God judges like mm-hmm. our ideas of gods and idols that we create. Sure. But instead it says God has this assembly and he stands in judgment of all these other gods. So <laughs> I'm not going to get into this because yeah. we are going through the scripture and it's going to be good. But yeah. I will just keep everybody in the back of their minds that a lot of people also argue that the council or the hosts or the sons of God are just angels. Now, yeah. again, I would argue that even if they are, we're going to hear more about this, but I would argue even if they are, they have to be like a higher echelon of angel. Okay. Yeah. So when they say Elohim, I don't know if there's ever, a, there, there might be, and we'll, we'll tackle that maybe more when we get into the angels uh, episode, but yeah. I don't know if there's a time when the word Elohim is used for an angel. For angels, no. But sons of God and angel are sometimes used interchangeably. Right. We'll go over some of that as we go along. Um, one place that it could either be angel or sons of God yeah. is in um, Job 38.7. So, Bob, okay. you want to read Job 38.7? Do you have that one? I can get to it probably quicker, if you don't mind, Bob. I'll read it in the NIV. So Job 38, 7. Oh, no, oh gotcha. <laughs> uh, okay. It says, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Yeah. Uh, now, I'll be honest, that is we'll kind of a... We'll get some context there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Job that, that's, that's, that's kind of a... Uh, actually starts in the middle of a sentence. So... In, it's talking about the creation, which is in Genesis 1. Yeah. It's referenced in Job 38, so, kind of when... Uh, so this is when God is talking yeah. to Job... And he's telling him, like, you can't understand me. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, starting in verse 6 and okay. then going into 7, it says, On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstones, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? So I guess that's more of the question. Like, yeah. So while all this was going on, who was it that, who that was, it, that that was, was in control? Yeah. You know? And is that angels, sons of God? It says angels. And if you click on the note, what does that say? It says this is Hebrew sons of God. So in this instance, an interpreter decided to use the word angels, but the original Hebrew was sons of God. Right. So, um, so which makes things confusing when, which is quite common, honestly, in English, yeah. that that our English interpreters will see the same word in Hebrew and translate it to different words depending on the various contexts. Well, they were making a theological statement there, you know, that oh, it was the angels that were singing over well maybe angels and sons of god are the same thing um but and and, and you can understand why because because we see in other scriptures angels singing out praises to god yeah and so we see this ever so wait a minute we've we've got these sons of god singing out i bet those are angels that that has to be angels it makes theological sense that way right yeah so then if you go back to genesis 1 so genesis 1 6 i think genesis 1 or genesis 6 genesis 1 genesis Genesis 1 1, verse 6 i'm saying oh i'm sorry yeah genesis 1 6 Mm mm-hmm and also 2-1, but we'll get there. Yeah. 
says, and, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst, in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the, uh, from nope. the waters. You're going on the wrong thing. Nope. It's jo- it's Job one verse six. Oh, Job one six. Okay. Before, oh, we, before we go to, before we go to Job one six, all I'm saying is that what, as God is creating the world in Genesis one, mm-hmm. what you, what you don't see is it explicitly states that it does oh, not, it doesn't, bad, it doesn't bad. explicitly say, well, he did that. The sons of God that he had just created are sitting there singing. But the assumption we can make from Job 38 is that God wasn't by himself when he was creating. And if you look at later in Genesis one, when it says like, let's go down and create mankind, mm-hmm. there's that plural happening. So there was a community of something around God mm-hmm. that was involved in creation. And so Job mm-hmm. says that these sons of God were singing. Their music was accompanying the creation that was happening. Sorry. Gotcha. Sorry, oh, Colin, my, you, were, my, you were jumping ahead. That's my fault. I'm sorry. I thought we were going to Job. Um, yeah. If you want to make notes on that, Bob, that's fine. But you're talking about the host part in Genesis. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah. I understand now. Sorry, guys. So it was the host of heaven. That's right. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll just say, just I was just uh, commenting on Job uh, 38 because it also says in uh, Job chapter 1, verse 6, uh, on one day the sons of God uh, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. And then, right. and then in 2 it says the same thing. Um, on another day the sons of God came to present yeah. themselves before the Lord and Satan came with them. Um, and it's... Interesting because we're there's about- that council kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So 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 we got these sons of God that are presenting themselves as if they're coming to God. They're not always there. This is an, a movement. They are coming to present themselves before God. Right. And what's interesting too about the way that he treats uh, Satan in this scripture is that like he's like, hey, what have you been up to? So yeah. I've just been warming around. He's like, oh, you should check on Job. He's pretty awesome. And he's like, nah, I can make him. Yeah. Uh, you know, do stuff. But the uh, but the sons of God are there. In part of this like powwow, mm-hmm. there's like a meeting that God is having. Now there are people that are with his like henchmen or whatever he well, might call right. Them. Well, there's going to be know? people that will say that those are the fallen angels from Genesis six. So it's like the bad ones, the bad sons of God. The one thing we're going to try and get into, I think, yeah, is the fact that even the gods can fall from God. Like even right. the minor gods, yeah. Yeah. like fallen angels, like people that fall away, like prophets, whatever. They're it's, just they're just spiritual beings, you know. Right. They're, yeah. Um, which gives interesting credence to the idea, which could be controversial because in movies they they make a distinction on this, that even the minor gods may have free will to rebel. Yeah. Which of course you know, Satan rebelled. But what I'm saying is like, you watch movies like dogma or any of that. They're like, Oh, humans got free will. They got everything. We got nothing. We just had to serve and believe. I'm like, I'm like, but no, you don't though. (laughs) You can rebel whatever you want. But but which is, which is part of the, the classic Christian theology that often gets taught um, as well. That, 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 that the angels don't have free will. That's something exclusive to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't see where that is. Uh, Ever, based. ever scripturally based. No, it's not. Sure. But somehow yeah. that became a thing. You know. What yeah. I'm yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another one, just real quick, where sons of God is mentioned is in Daniel three twenty five. Oh yeah. Um, so if you know the story of um, what does Veggie Tales call them? Rack Shack and Benny. 
<laughs> oh, man. It's the three guys that are thrown into the furnace um, Meshach, Shadrach, by and King Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. And uh, an angel is what we would normally say if we're just telling the story. We would say an angel uh, came and saved them and they saw a fourth person in the fire. Mm-hmm. But actually, um, if they're described in Daniel 3, 25, hey, look, there's a fourth person in the fire. He looks like a son of God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or, or more specifically, uh, this translation says the ESV says, or it looks like a son of the gods, a plural. son of the gods, yeah, plural. So, which uh, but because which, of Elohim, uh-oh. you know, we know it could go either way. Yes, well, yeah. and, and because of Elohim, it is often thought by many people be, because the distinction between God and gods has not been made in, among most of Christian faith um, because it is seen as Elohim. Oh, well, that must be Jesus, Jesus personified. Yeah. Uh, standing with them i mean yeah it's a it's a it begs that because of the term son of god sure and which obviously we ascribe to, to jesus. jesus yes yeah. the, the one and yeah. only true son right. of god yeah yeah so yes the the trinity and so so the so son of god yes and yes which is a different thing from some spiritual beings the sons of god right yeah right he's preeminent over them because he himself is the part god, of the trinity part of the trinity yeah yes and so, 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 it, so, so yeah, it's, 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 don't hear us as saying that like Jesus is just some like angel that is like special. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, no, the, the point here is that, is that it makes sense why Christendom has traditionally yeah. thought that this was Christ because this idea of the council or the sons of God used elsewhere in scripture has not been truly thought out and heavily yeah. distributed. I mean, to me, it just sounds like a fire elemental from D and D, but what do I know? <laughs> It's a flame astronaut. <laughs> it looks like one of the sons of the gods, and he's just like, whoosh, like throwing fireballs in there. Conjure flame astronaut. <laughs> Call him playing that evil D and D. Oh my there gosh! Go. There go. yeah. We're gonna talk about that someday. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. Uh, to reiterate your point, Zach, there's all these different examples, so we know yeah. we know a few things just based yeah. on the small scriptures we know. Yeah. That God acknowledges that they are a thing, that they're not yeah. just some intangible thing. Yep. He judges them. He has conversations and counsels with them. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. We at yep. least know that they exist. Yeah. Yep. So what we, is they? Yes. So, so, so we have we have Genesis talking about it. We have Job talking about it. We have the Psalms talking about it. We have Daniel talking about it. That's yeah. right. So, so we so we get numerous scriptures. This is not an isolated loca- um, phrase. Right. And so what what obviously can be written about is what councils are happening in heaven. Yeah. That human beings are not experiencing, obviously. Yes. Yeah. And I think. Um, when I found that Job scripture in th- Job 38, when it yeah. says that they were singing over creation, I could feel like that gave us kind of a clue to their purpose. Yeah. Like when God created them, they were there to um, accompany him as he created the earth. Right. You know, so they're there to serve him. Like, I but mean, gen- when we read Genesis six, it kind of looks like they can go their own way and do their own thing. That was yes. why, yeah. that's why yeah. I mentioned that because um, and another distinction I would make, which again, is uh, it's still up for debate, of course, which is why we're on the conversation starter. But the distinction between something like the sons of God, as we have read about them in these scriptures, versus something like the angel that wrestled with um, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very one on one or the people that uh, went to Sodom, the two that went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, they are yeah. physically things there. Yeah. Um, so they have very specific kind of ministry tasks, right? Yeah. Whereas what we're seeing here is like they being counseled 
by God, having meetings personally with God or singing out over the land. Yeah, it's in a things that are uh, maybe more of a bigger scope. Yeah, uh, maybe like uh, uh, there's a there's a funny joke from the the American office where uh, Michael Scott and Jim are both co-managers and their jobs are either day to day and big picture stuff, which of course goes wrong really quick. But um, it sounds like that's sort of what God had maybe intended again. I don't know, Yeah, mm-hmm. but that there's big picture things happening and there are certain some things for that. Yeah. And then there are day to day specific things and maybe angels. Perhaps they have job descriptions. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I mean, again, we don't That's know. That's what Michael mm-hmm. Heiser says about the word angel. He says angel is a job description. I mean, it is, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. very, very interesting. And again, this is why so many people have researched this. Yeah. Uh, I will preface this whole entire series by saying that sometimes you can get really muddied up in the details. Yeah. Just know that, like Bob said in the beginning, uh, you know, Jesus is still Jesus. He still died on the cross. Everything about the, uh, you know, Christianity is going to be a solid foundation. These are just interesting things to really yeah. research. Hmm? So where it gets crazy is when you start to trace the sons of God after they go their own way. Okay. So we're getting into maybe some territory that we're going to cover next time, but I wanted to kind of put it out there. Okay. As, Please know, do. Just another thread. So Genesis 11. Genesis 11. Which is one of my favorite stories in scripture. People kind of discount it a lot. Okay. And when you think about the, the high points of um, Genesis, people tend to think mm-hmm. about creation, Adam and Eve. They think about the flood. They might think about Abraham. Um, people you know, don't pay as much attention, I think, to the Tower of Babel. But I think it's really important. Very important. Because what it kind of shows us is that people, and um, by extension, if you read Deuteronomy, um, the spiritual beings we're talking about, yeah, are, are trying to supplant God for their own authority. Okay. You know, so it says that they, uh, you know, they're like, let's take bricks and let's build this tower to heaven and um, we'll be like God's. You know, and I don't know how, how is it worded there? What God kind of responds? He says, like, they're going to be like gods, doesn't it? Or something like that. And, and, like- the, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. Yeah. And this is only be- the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us let us let us. To- so there's yep. plural again, which, yeah. which makes sense in the triune God perspective, yeah. but also possible with the council. Come, let us go down there, uh, com- confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them uh, from from there over the face yeah. of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Yeah. So God um, dispersed people from the Tower of Babel because their plan was to um, basically gather in one place and become powerful and basically rule the earth like God. Mm-hmm. Um, But the spiritual beings kind of wanted their own authority, too. And so um, we come to Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9. And um, oh, this is where we get some kind of uh, interpretive uh, differentiation. So this is one of those times where scripture is interpreting itself and kind of expanding on it. So um, it is Deuteronomy 32 is the end I think of a covenant section that God has given. Mm -hmm. So God had been kind of laying down some rules for his people. 
And um, they come to this point where God kind of like lays out, okay, here's the history of like what people have done. Here's what I have done. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks about how he um, scattered the nations and it's a reference to the tower of Babel. Okay. So it says in 32, eight and nine, do you want to read that? Sure. It says when the most high gave to the nations, their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. There it is again. So we've got another reference yeah. to it. Yeah. So, but the Lord's portion in, is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. Yeah. So in a different interpretation, yeah, it says sons of Israel, right? Right. Yeah. So there's some variance there because we have a Hebrew version that um, the I think the King James and a lot of other Bibles were right. kind of based on that. Use. Had that had said uh, sons of Israel, so he divided well, up the it, nations according to the number of the sons well, of uh, Israel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, compare the so apparently there's a difference in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, is, is where is where some of the confusion comes into play. Yeah. So we found other versions later, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we found um, the Septuagint. The Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament, the scripture that Jesus was reading, basically, um, and it says sons of God instead of sons of Israel. And I guess according to like Michael Heiser and others that I've read, the sons of God makes more sense there because it's Hmm. talking about Genesis 11. And so the theory, um, if you want to believe this or not, is uh, that God divided up the nations at uh, the tower of Babel, fixed borders, fixed borders. And he let people kind of go and form their own little kingdoms at that point. Okay. And that's where you start to see like nations and governments start to sprout up. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So the connection there to the spiritual beings is that there is influence from the fallen sons of God right. on the nations. So when, so when God dispersed them, he also possibly dispersed a son of God, the lowercase G. Yeah. Um, to, he's letting, to, to, to rule over. He's that allowing the divine council members to rule over these other nations, but it says he kept Israel for himself, mm. his yes. own allotted portion. Uh, and, That's and, another reason just by the context of that, that I think sons of God makes more sense there. Um, yeah. Well, like one of the things too, that I, I think is maybe a, a theme throughout the scripture that a lot of people find grading, maybe find like controversial is that I think that God foresees like people defying him or people sinning against God. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll see that like this person's going to fall away or these people are going to do something really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that he, in a, almost a lot of cases uses sin to like punish other sin. Yeah. So like, for example, like he lets people like, you know, he lets people devolve into their like sin to like show them how like sure. creepy it is. It says he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yes. and, and, and as well, I'm sure that the captivity of going into Babylon yeah. and, and, yeah. Uh, and later Assyria, yeah. I believe. Was, well, I mean, he uses, I, I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sure that there was a lot of sin done to the people right. of Israel during that and yet God allowed the ha- that sin to happen right. because they had sinned against God. So many so many enemy yeah. armies he's allowing to like come in and yes. wipe out people. I mean cuz 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 usually those those were not simply oh you've lost now you're our prisoners. No there was usually a lot of um a lot of um mistreatment of the people and ways sure. that are not necessarily appropriate to talk about on the on certain content and certain podcasts yeah. but it, it was it was most certainly not a graceful 
no. conquering right. by any means. Right. So, so there's um, a lot of brutality. Yeah. I believe that you have, you probably do have the scripture in here, but just for just for context, there mm-hmm. is a scripture that talks about um, God taking Satan and his angels and yeah. and chaining them away for the day of judgment in Revelation. Uh, and yeah. so, one of the things that's interesting. Well, no, I don't think it's in Revelation, actually, but uh, we'll get to it as we go through this. That might be in our next episode. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. long story short, yeah. I believe that God has full control yeah. over everything that's happening yeah. and can decide whether or not to condemn them or to tell them no or whatever. But again, I think we have this idea that he allows people to rebel or fall away from him, which is... Mm. Which is yeah. one of the things that is so, I guess, controversial is that, like, why wouldn't he just tell his angels, like, like, get back here, don't... Right, well, why wouldn't he just control us and tell us what to do? Exactly. And I realize some people believe that's kind of what happens, <laughs> but... Yeah, I know. But, I mean, like, free will is, classically, at least in, in Christian thought, free will is pretty important because that mm-hmm. glorifies God by us, like, um, you know, he, submitting our free will to him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, if, if, if love is forced, then it's not truly love. Yeah, it's kind of the idea yeah, there. Yeah. So and we, we, uh, us choosing yeah. to be to to worship God, us choosing to follow God. Is and we are created to, to serve him. And I think the sons mm-hmm. of God are, are created in the same fashion. Sure. I want to bring up something interesting because I, I just kind of thought of this. But, you know, um, I think kind of the Christian mythology point of view tends mm-hmm. to be that there was like a rebellion of angels. Right. And Mm -hmm. some angels followed Satan and those are the fallen angels. Yes. But I think that a lot of people, like if you asked an average Christian where, where in history they would place that rebellion, like where would they put it? Mm -hmm. They would put Uh, it. Oh, oh, where, where would they put it? Yeah. They would probably timeline, uh, probably right about Genesis one to two, maybe maybe Genesis three. There's actually a thing called the gap theory that says that like, God, oh yes, God created the world, and then there was some kind of rebellion war in heaven, and we don't really know what happened during those eons, but some time was lost, and then he created Adam. Um, but what you see when you read scripture is that there are sons of God, they do rebel against God, but you don't see them doing it until after humans have sinned. I mean, arguably... It kind of depends on what you think the serpent is in Genesis three, because there there was an there was a creature doesn't say it's Satan, but there was a serpent that yeah. tempted Adam and Eve. Right. But other than that, you don't see like the hosts of heaven falling and doing their own thing until sin entered the world. And that happened through human action. So, you know, the, the so, way that so, so, the way that we think of like a rebellion of God, like happening in heaven, like way before, like we were even born, like. Actually, like what we do on the earth is like even more important and has. Well, I, I kind of think that. So, so, so you're suggesting yeah. that, that the fall of man that also had the. Uh, so w- which we attribute so much. We attribute yeah. a lot of the, um, the the battling between animals in the kingdom yeah. as a result of the fall of man. We would contribute sickness yeah. as a result of the fall of man. And do so you now, think it had cosmological. And, 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 and so, so now you're suggesting that even goes stretches further into into the heavens as well. I don't know, but it's interesting, isn't it? It's a neat thought <laughs> experiment. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but if if we're going to attribute the fact that that the coronavirus exists because man sin because of sin because of sin that, that the flu exists because of sin and that animals yeah. are not peaceful towards one another because of sin, then it makes sense that it would also extend beyond our physical world as well. Yeah. There you go. I so, mean, or maybe it's a twin fall that happens at the same time, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but 
Yes. I definitely don't don't think the gap theory is biblical. So I don't uh, know what uh, else. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure that, that that one's. Yeah. I don't know of any major theologian that still gap holds theory. Still holds What's that. the gap theory? I'm not sure. I know. About well, that. well, well. One idea is that is that God created the heavens and the earth. Um, Gen- there's like a gap of time between Genesis one one and Genesis one two, and some have even said that's when the dinosaurs came along, and then yeah. God oh. destroyed that that world with the meteor, and then we have the, the rest of the creation story. That comes that's yeah. a that's a lot of uh, explanation for nothing in between. It's a way to it's a way to cram the fall of the angels into a convenient spot yes. right. it, 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 when it, they it, don't have to do that because Genesis six talks about the sons yes. of God like coming to Earth and rebelling yeah. against God. And, and so it, yeah. it, it, it's 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 honestly yeah. has been historically historically in the modern times been used uh, by young Earth creation the yeah. young Earth creation viewpoint. It's like a subset of young Earth, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're right; it's subset. Many young Earths yeah. have discounted themselves yeah. as well. So, um, one of the scripture the scripture I was talking about before that gives a lot of credence to the idea that God gave the sons of God authority over areas yeah. mm. is um, in. Uh, Jude chapter one, verses five and six, which says, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So that's the first thing they talks about is that Jesus uh, uh, will save people, but he'll also destroy them. And then he says, and the angels, now yeah. we can kind of gripe over the... the th- Whether it's angels or sons of God. Or, yeah, because yeah. now we're in Greek, a different language. That's right. Yeah. Who And the Greeks are very different about how they, like they, well, in the second episode, they use a lot of the, the giant words instead of the Nephilim yeah. words. But, um, and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he yeah. has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. And then it goes on to compare the same judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. And what I think is what he's referring to there is God, maybe sons of God who then were like, Oh, I'm not going to do what God says and uh, govern this community. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. It's a reference to like Genesis six. And then I think, as as far as them having authority over nations, that kind of goes back to Genesis eleven. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Yeah. And so if we if we want to at least say things that we know yeah. based on just the scripture, we can say that a these sons of God, aka hosts or whatever, exist and have had communication with God, and have been given positions or tasks yeah. over different parts of yeah. the world. That I mean, that yeah. in and of itself, that's a that's a very uh, general description. Look at um, Exodus. So God had let the gods of Egypt have influence over Egypt. Yeah, it's pretty clear if you read Exodus um, in chapter twelve. God says, "I'm going to go do battle with the gods of Egypt." So again, He's not saying like, "Oh, I'm going to go like battle against some statues that were made." Right. He's He's going against a a real influence there mm-hmm. you know no no obviously because god is who we believe he is that battle wasn't really much a battle it's not a battle <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's it's, it's, yeah, it's a slight right. maybe even exaggeration of term there but the point is he was basically going to subdue that 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 god but right. once again yeah. god acknowledges that it is a it is there's an some, entity there that he is there's somebody that at, he is going, at play yeah yeah and right. if you read um 
I just want to wrap up the Exodus no, thing. Real quick. You're fine, you're fine. Um, if you read Exodus 15, 11, which is a worship song written about the Exodus and Colin, you might recognize okay, this particular it. thing. It says who among the gods is like you, Lord, <laughs> who is like you majestic in holiness, awesome, awesome in glory, glorious. working wonders. So <laughs> even that, even that very early worship song of Moses there is like, you, who among the gods is like you? Yes. Who among you, you like know? you, uh, oh Lord, among the gods, clearly yeah. talking about, once so again, gods. So uh, even uh, Moses acknowledges that there's something out there besides God himself, but God the Most High that he worships is mm-hmm. completely different. He he like is the supreme. thing, the supreme, yeah. Yes. And I'm a big fan yeah. of the revelation that um, Ramses has in... The yes. Ten Commandments movie, if you're familiar with that. Uh, at the part where he parts the sea and they all get through and then he closes it up and it kills almost everybody except for him. He goes back to the girl, which is kind of a weird, like, <laughs> other a weird storyline. A, a, a very, like, a liberal yeah. uh, stretching of that story. And um, goes and he sits on his throne and he said, oh, if, you know, I'm going to go kill Moses, I'm going to come back and kill you. And she said, only if. You can kill him, whatever. And he yeah. comes back and he slumps in his chair and she goes, "Could you couldn't even kill him. And he goes, his God is God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a very dramatic think, statement. Yeah. But I think Pharaoh actually, I'd have to dig to find it, but he says a similar thing. Like, right. like oh, the God of Israel is like something you don't want to mess with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what's interesting, too, is that there are many leaders who maybe didn't denounce the idea mm-hmm. of like polytheism, but like yeah. had like a ton of respect uh, for uh, is it is it Nebuchadnezzar? Isn't that the king who uh, has like Daniel interpret the the dream yes. for him? And then yeah. and then he's like, oh, you're the best and your God's the best. And he's yeah. like, are you like a straight up Christian, though? And he's like, mm, yeah. Sort of. <laughs> so then, I think he's great, sort of. But I also think other enchanters are pretty cool. So then God makes him go crazy <laughs> for seven years, makes him eat grass. <laughs> Welp, you're a cow now. <laughs> Don't have a cow, man. <laughs> Can your other gods do that? Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah. what I do find interesting as we're discussing this, going back to Moses and the Ten Commandments, is the first commandment is to have no other god before me. Yep. You know, once yeah. once again, and from our modern Christian perspective, the rationalist perspective, where these other guys don't exist, yeah, we we'll look at it. And we'll we say, would say, don't don't put anything else before God, like money. Mo- or, yes, yes. Yeah. Don't make these other things idols among you. Once again, going back to the golden calf, the idols, yeah. and but but it could, given the context of what we're discussing here, it could easily be saying God is saying, don't put Ra before me, don't put Zeus before yeah. me, don't put these other. Nations, gods before Loki. I, yeah, <laughs> Loki. Don't I'm put, sorry. Don't put Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> you said. <laughs> you said. Uh, you said. What did you say? Raw, and then you said um, Zeus. Zeus, and then I was like, all right, well, we got to go Vikings now. <laughs> Just go down all the different. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's actually it, Loki. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, which which is which is an interesting thought in general. This, as in, that's how the people of that day would have, would have understood. Would it. have understood it. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have like a. They did not have the kind of materialism that we have now. They may not have understood the council the way we're kind of talking about it. Yeah. But they wanted a God. And so a golden calf was constructed further illustrating the idea that Colin pointed out that that a society can just make up their own idols. They can. And and, and so there, there may not even be an actual 
council sons of God to attribute it to it, but they're going to make it up because they want something to worship. So, so here's the, here is the double edged sword of the issue, I guess, which Mm -hmm. we probably won't be able to definitively solve. And I'm sure a lot of theologians will continue to struggle, but it is this idea that there could be a lot of the gods that are just created by man. And then a council is just unseen angels. I mean, there are, there, there are people from that, the unseen realm. I mean, there are people that make these arguments. Yeah. I'm just saying that we are sure, kind yeah. of, we are kind of going pro yeah. for this. Uh, maybe we're yeah, kind of, we're kind of leaning towards pro some kind of spiritual beings exist, but they might be different than Christians right. traditionally have yeah. like mythologized about. Right. So, yeah. so, but then there's, you know, there are, it, there, there are people that might make the, might make the argument that all of this council and, and angel stuff are aspects of God and that maybe he's counseling with himself or whatever, but there, but it, it based on the few scriptures that we've yeah. read tonight, which there are probably tons more and there's probably even more in depth study about this. I would say that in my opinion, um, God has set apart from himself these other things that have yeah. duties that he assigned them mm-hmm. that they can choose not to do. Yep. Yeah. And that they can choose to just screw around yeah, with yeah, humans to, to, right. to, to yeah. rebel. It's, it's yeah. an act of rebellion. It's, yeah. it's not what God desires. Therefore it is by definition, yeah. sinful rebellion. Yeah. That's right. And if he, if you need any, any more proof that there, there is a rebellion going on. Um, think about everything that we just talked about and then look at Matthew 16 which is where uh, Jesus is talking to Peter and it's where Peter for the first time makes the realization that Jesus is the son of God. Well, the reason Mm -hmm. why that's important partly is because of where it happened because it happened in a place called uh, Caesarea Philippi and Caesarea Philippi had um, the temple of Pan and a place called that was basically believed to be the gates of Hades yeah, remember, like the New Testament world was still very polytheistic, mm-hmm. still had all these like gods and stuff. And um, they literally thought like the gate to hell was in this place at Caesarea Philippi. And it's there where he says, Peter, who do you think I am? And Peter says, OK, you are. You're the son of God, you know, and Jesus says sons of God. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. He says you are know, the you are the son of God. I'm being silly. Right? Go ahead. You, Go ahead. You're, you're God. Like I realize yeah. that you're the God Messiah, of, the Messiah, God of the, the God. flesh. Yes. yes. Jesus says, um, okay, on that rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not prevail against it. He's saying that literally as they can look across and see right. the gates of hell right there. What, 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 what was believed to be the gates of yeah. hell by, by the people. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not only saying like, yes, good for you for believing in me. He's also saying like, this is my declaration of war on all the little powers of darkness out there. Like you're not going to beat us, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And so we see that Paul Mm -hmm. even kind of picks up that same logic. You know, he says in Ephesians six 12 for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So for Paul, he was, he was kind of bringing it all together. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're going with the mission of Jesus to uh, bring the gospel and defeat 
sin in the world, but we're also going to defeat um, the powers of darkness that have come against God. You know, it's one and the same because God let the nations go under the control of these divine council members Mm -hmm. back in Deuteronomy 32. Paul was aware of that. And that was like the view that he was taking as he was going out and saying, okay, I'm going to evangelize to the world. He's fighting back the powers of darkness. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and whether or not it really was these other money, uh, monotheist, uh, polytheistic religions that are out there, whether or not it is, or that, or that he was talking more about actual, just plain up straight up, Christian uh, standard interpretation of demons. The fact yeah. of the matter is there is most certainly an evil forces out there yeah. that is messing with humans that I honestly believe many Christians discount way too much, especially oh, yeah, in, in spiritual yeah. warfare. Zone. Yes. Especially yeah. in, in the, in the, in the American yeah. church. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just add a little note to what we were, uh, as you were talking about uh, Matthew um, and um, just the Exodus stuff about the, the other gods. Mm hmm. So as we get further down in the series, I think that we're going to see some overlap if we start talking about demons and angels. And I'll tell you why. Um, In Revelation, there are a lot of different angels that govern like certain steps of the process in Revelation. Mm -hmm. And they have like a very, very like special role over like a big, powerful aspect. Spoiler alert. Of what's happening. Oh, (laughs) if you haven't read the Bible. Yeah, sorry. That's the ending. Um, But uh, so I'm wondering because a a theologian friend of mine, when I asked him about this topic this week, he said uh, the word in Hebrew sons of God is reserved for anything that isn't reserved for anything that was directly created by God. So like directly comes from God. Hmm. And then, uh, and then, uh, Oh, that's, that's true. You're right. Because the other, the other, anything else is supposed to be called, and uh, this is from him, but yeah. anything else is supposed to be called, uh, um, the adopted sons. That's a really good observation because if you look at human beings, we are created by God, but we come about through the activity of humans right? to, you know, yeah, know. not put any more yes. to it. And <laughs> through, through, through relationships, mommy yeah. and daddy relationships. Yes. So we, I've heard the <laughs> argument said that Adam, Eve, they the were angels. Yeah. Adam was called a son of God. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's right, referred right. to as that in multiple places. Right. That's interesting. And so, and, and, and therefore we are given the name son of man quite often or, oh, yeah. oh, 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 but whereas Christ is the son of Son of man, son of God. He's also the son of God. So, yeah, so that's just confusing. another extra. Don't mess up your terms. It, it, yeah. it is. It is. Yeah. But he is called both. You know, yeah, yeah. the son yeah. of Adam so, and the son of and God. And we can become sons and daughters of God like it talks about in Romans. You right. know, he adopts us to sonship through the Holy Spirit and through salvation. But even yeah. still, what we're really discussing here is how the these specific things are referenced in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Where, yeah. and where and how they are referenced whether or not they are making a broad spectrum word to associate with spiritual beings in the context of these scripture, he is talking specifically yeah. about spiritual beings that have uh, intimate uh, conversations with God or have fallen away from God or coming sure. from God or having counsel with Satan or are, are governing or have an authority over a certain area. And so we can at least deduce from that, that in the context of how it's used in the scripture, um, these are these specific beings 
Uh, but as we look in Revelation down the, the series, we, we're probably going to see that there are other angels and demons that may have authority, uh, influence, or specific jobs that they do. And it might sound like it overlaps. But what we're going to be discussing is those words like angel or messenger in the context like Zach was talking about with Michael Heiser. So um, moving into to those will be interesting to see how they line up with the idea of the sons of God, I think. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So what about this? I have one of these questions I want you to ask. Okay. Why do you think God created a spiritual council to help him? Mm, now, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't have an answer for it. I, I really don't. It's, it's one of the things that we're not given enough information. Yeah. I, 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 I personally, That's true. That's I true. think, I think God has, I think if we believe that God is uh, um, omnipotent, Omniscient. What's the all powerful? Omnipotent. Yeah. Uh, I think that he has the power to just govern all the cities simultaneously. But yeah, definitely. But there is something to his creation that begs the question: like, why even make humans? Why do any of the things right. that he does? He doesn't need us, <laughs> right? Exactly. Should you need us? So I think that if you answer the question of why humans were made, I think you would. Yeah, I love the labyrinth. <laughs> but uh, if you answer the question of why humans are made, maybe you'll answer this one too. I, yeah. I think that definitely the idea of having authoritarian levels of like tasks and stuff is, is important. Yeah. But I don't know if it's important to God because he can do whatever yeah. the heck he wants it to do. It seems <laughs> like, you yeah. know, if you read about how they were singing at the creation, about yeah. how he appointed them for certain things and stuff, it seems very similar to the reason why we exist. You know, to we're bring there, him glory. We're there to give him glory, exactly. So, 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 going yeah. back to just the more standard, big picture answer of everything is been created by God to give Him glory, to bring Him yeah. glory, right? And so, so that is one of that Psalm that's like the the heavens declare the glory of God. The Psalm earth 24. is filled with His glory. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say one of the remember earlier we talked about like. It was depict angels as being like jaded, like, oh, humans got everything. I think that <laughs> I think that at least mm -hmm. we can acknowledge one thing that the scriptures may line out. And that is that unlike the angels or the sons of God or the demons or whatever, that will probably just be judged regardless. Mm -hmm. Humans get the opportunity for salvation. So maybe that is the distinction that yeah. some people make is that maybe the hu human race gets the opportunity to be saved for eternal life uh, because they were made in God's image versus yeah. maybe the sons of God weren't. I, I we don't know. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Couldn't possibly tell you. Yeah. Everything, you know, was created to give God glory. Right. Same before. So Psalm 19 says the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands day after day. They pour forth speech and night after night they reveal knowledge. So even like, even even heaven itself, you know, was yeah. made Wait, which song to give was that? God glory. Psalm nineteen. Psalm nineteen. Yeah. So cool. one one of the I know we have to wrap up, but the one question I really want to throw out there as we finish is: Do you think the sons of God, the bad ones, are still at work? I really want to. Yeah. I want to really ask yeah. that question because I had somebody posit a theory to me about the. Uh, spirit or the influence of Rome, like surviving. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Cause if you think about it, if you, if you have an appointed, like bad, like, uh, uh, sons of God over like a certain nation yeah. and they're able to like 
barely survive and then like they're still like influencing badness today that would kind of answer that question but there's not a whole lot of definitive proof <laughs> i guess that's i more think of a you know that idea. that's kind of getting into like specifics of like how it might work yeah but i definitely think that i think that they are still at work today i think that they've they've lost kind of already but mm-hmm. they're still out there yeah. it's kind of like c.s lewis and i think this was in mere christianity but he had this thing where he talked about you know he lived during world war ii yeah sure and so he saw how like the nazis or like or the the allies would like take over right. a certain area, but then there were like pockets of like Nazi resistance, resistance. still, yeah. and they had to go like weed them out. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like how God has won this victory already, but the world is still kind of in evil territory. It's still influenceable. Yeah. The sure. the devil can still get his hands around people, and he can still. Uh, you know, mess with us because he still kind of has a little bit of ground some, at least Mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, and so we as Christians are kind of like the resistance to the devil and we exist also, but what we want to facilitate is the allies to come in and like take out the evil ones, Mm -hmm. you know? So we're here to help God in his mission. He's going to win. He's way more powerful. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's not even a comparison. Um, but we're in, we're in occupied ground. And so when we look around and we see that things aren't quite right, when we see that evil still kind of has an influence, we know um, that, you know, we're just waiting for our allies to come in and, and take this turf back over. And yeah. we will be happy to see them come. Um, but we resist in our, by worshiping God, you know, where right. we are. So well, there you go. Awesome guys. Good app. Very cool. Um, yeah, buddy. Nice job, Zach, uh, doing research. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, enjoy tackling some of this stuff, but again, we just appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, we, uh, hope that uh, you got something out of this. Uh, I would and, ask, and, and tell us what you think. Yeah. Do, do you agree with us? I, yeah, mean, I would. Do, I would ask. Thoughts? How do you? What do you think the sons of God are? Is referenced in these scriptures. What do you think uh, the yeah. purpose is if they do exist? And so, um, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you guys on comment section rating. Yeah. Um, and, check and, us out. And I hope you saw that we uh, that we try to develop all these ideas based off of scripture, and that we weren't we weren't using outside sources. And I know this is different. From, from what you would normally hear in the churches, but nothing we've said today, none of the ideas we've come up with, nothing that we've explored was based on anything but scripture itself. No, Bob. You, no. <laughs> no. Okay? He is making <laughs> judgment. He's making assumptions. He's just assuming that we're right about everything. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's yeah. not to say that we're right, that our interpretations are accurate, but merely that they're all based off of scripture yeah. alone. You don't need to know this stuff to be saved uh, nor do you need to have like the correct point right, of view. Right. Yes, a lot does. of it is kind of up, up for debate, but it is interesting. And I think that you can learn it's a lot about, about the faith um, and about Jesus mission just by kind of thinking about, Hmm, what do you think this stuff? And you know means? what? At the very least, we hope it encourages you to dig deeper in the scripture, which you can check it out. It's never a bad thing to dig yeah, deep in the scripture and uh, check us out uh, next week. And we will be talking about the Nephilim. Nephilim. All right, guys. See you later. God bless. Peace. Yeah,